reading is a verse from Proverbs, and it may be found on page 665 of the Church Bible. It's Proverbs chapter 29, verse 7. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. I'm going to read that verse again. Please would you join in as we read. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Thank you. The second reading may be found on page 1042 of the Church Bible. It's Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and Love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hand of the robbers? The expert in law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Go and do likewise. This is the word of the Lord. morning again. So it's Mothering Sunday, a day when traditionally we 
honour and thank our mothers for all that they have done and continue to do in our lives. The Bible teaches us that all earthly love is a reflection of our Heavenly Father's wonderful love for us. 1 John 4 verse 19 says, We love because he first loved us. And John 3 16 teaches us, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's love never fails. But our love sometimes does. And Mothering Sunday can be a difficult day for those who have difficult relationships between uh, themselves and their parents, and particularly their mums. There are many, many children in the world who don't have the opportunity to receive the love and, and provision from their mothers. Even though their mothers may wish to provide it, they are just unable to do that. And so what we wanted to do this morning was just to put a bit of a different focus on Mothering Sunday. I'm going to invite Rose, would you come and join me? I'm going to stand over to this side so you can stand here and speak into the microphone. Can you tell us a little bit about what was life like for you, for your family, when you were growing up as a child in the Philippines? Good morning, everyone. I love that smile. <laughs> I grew up in a Christian family, but we one of the poorest family in our village. We live in a mountainous area of the Philippines. My dad left us when my mom had just given birth for my younger sister. So I grew up with a broken family which I, which something that I really hated and regretted ever since. So at the age of four, I learned to fetch water down to the stream, a four liters carrying to our place, climb up to our place. We didn't have money for school fees and to pay books. My, brother, my, grandma, my grandma was ill. He had a, she had a tumor on her right cheek. And my mom was just earning 100 pesos a week. Not even enough for our basic needs, my granny medication. Sometimes we go to bed hungry. We ate, we, and sometimes we just had unripe banana. And what were really your expectations as a child? What did you really think that the future held for you, for your family? None really. I was hopeless and fear. No future. Mm. And what really changed? What made the difference? When Compassion started working with your local church, how did that really make a difference in your life? It was a great and miracle and a great blessing to my family. When I was a sponsor, my sponsor is from the US, 
when she chose me. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. When she chose me, I was. My picture was like this. I was one of them. And when she picked me up, my life was changed. Suddenly, I was able to go to school. I was able to buy bag and shoes. And that was the first time as well I had my shoes since I bought. That's what I remember. And my sponsorship in Compassion, it doesn't, it, it's not only me who benefited. It's even my family. We were able to have food every day, every meal. My siblings were able to go to school. And some money, my granny received a medication as well. And compassion as well taught us to pray, to have faith in Jesus. And that's what I really enjoyed, reading my Bible, memorizing the verse. And that's what the seed that my sponsor from compassion put in my heart. That's why I'm here standing in front of you. What do you think would have been what happened in your life? if it hadn't been for compassion working with your local church? Well, I am sure. I am hopeless, no future, and most of it is spiritually lost, that I'm not being able to help children, because as earlier I said, I spoke to Rachel, that I'm helping a lot children ministry back to my country, when I was young, and even right now, I'm helping children. Whatever the, the seed that my sponsor and my local church put in my heart, and I'm just giving it, giving it whatever they saw in my life. That's why I really thank God that I am not lost spiritually. I am here full of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. And finally... Um as it's Mothering Sunday today. You're a mum yourself. What does it mean to you being able to provide for your kids in a way that your mum, your grandmother were never able to do? All of us, we are amazed of our mom, what our mom did for us from the start from the beginning that we are born or even when we are in the womb. And I really, really appreciate that to my mom. She's just an amazing mom. She is my mom and she is my dad. She did a, a great job in our life, despite of the circumstances and the difficulties that she faces when my dad left. She was responsible for everyone, her own siblings and her mom. But I really thank God for her sacrifice, and I really thank God for what he done in my life through compassion, that my mom would, was not able to do that for me, and now myself, I'm able to help my children provide, I would say, everything, every single need that they need for school, and they're able to go to a private school as well. And building that house that we didn't have, it's not for a boasting. I'm helping my nieces and nephews. Would you ask me how much I pay for every month? Everything I'm able to do that. By God's grace and by the work of compassion, 
That's why I really thankful for my mom and God for what she's doing, what he's doing right now for compassion. It's just a miracle and a blessing for every single children who are sponsored. So I just want to say thank you for all the mom and all the sponsors who are praying, who are cha changing the life. I call Compassion my big family, my sponsor as well, the changer, the transformer of life, my own life. And you are one of them. You change the life and you give the future. And thank you very much and God bless you all. Thank you, Claire. It's such a blessing to, uh, to know Rose and um, to have walked a little bit um, with her, to, to know her story. Um, it's, it's so challenging and yet so helpful to us, I think, in our faith where we have so much in this country and we struggle so hard not to take it for granted. I think it's just helpful you know, to have the opportunity to, to walk alongside someone who doesn't take those things for granted. Our Old Testament reading today, Proverbs 29, verse 7. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. In fact, there are over 2,000 verses that talk about the dangers of wealth and our responsibility towards the poor. And the Good Samaritan is such a very familiar passage to us. And yet... It was only relatively recently that I feel that um, I really got to the kind of kernel that Jesus had placed in the very centre um, of that parable, that which he really meant us to take hold of and apply to our lives. So as we know, an expert in the law stands up to test Jesus and he says, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And as we know, Jesus replies, well, you're a teacher, you're an expert in the law. How do, you, how do you read it? And so he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well done, says Jesus. Do this and you will live. But scripture says he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked, and who is my neighbor? He wanted to know, who do I need to care for, and who can I afford to ignore? And it's in answer to that question that Jesus tells this very familiar story about the man who is going down this notoriously dangerous road when he falls into the hands of robbers. And here I think we come to the kernel at the centre of this parable. It's in verse 30. And it speaks of how the robbers leave this man stripped of his clothes and half dead, the NIV says. And so it's clear to us that it's not actually possible to tell either from what this man is wearing or from his accent, who is he? So we must assume from half-dead that he's either unconscious or at least half-conscious and not in a position to explain himself to those who are going to encounter him. And I think that's quite deliberate on Jesus' part. You can't tell. Is he one of us? Is he one of them? He's just a human being in need. 
And across his path comes, as we know, these religious leaders who we, and doubtless Jesus' original hearer, would have expected of anybody to be those that would provide help. He would have stopped, and yet they don't. And actually, I think it's quite easy to come up with reasons why they didn't stop. Not that I'm condoning their behaviour for one moment, but when you think about it, it was a notoriously dangerous road. Surely the robbers could have been just around the next boulder waiting to pounce. Surely they're on their way to do very important work for God. And not only that, but as, as, they, were, um, as they were priests and Levites, according to the law, if they had touched what transpired to be someone who was in fact dead, it would have made them ceremonially unclean and therefore unable to perform the duties that we might imagine they were on their way to do. And who does Jesus choose as the hero for this story? Really the most unlikely person to his original hero. And I think we, we, we fail to, to pick up on that. To us, the Samaritan is, is, is the obvious hero. But actually, he, as a Samaritan, was the sworn enemy um, of the Jews at that time. The last person the expert in the law would have expected Jesus to pick. But for this Samaritan... This man's very condition of just being a human being in need was enough for him to stop. I think Jesus' point is clear. It's not enough for us to only care and concern, have concern for those who are like us, for our friends. Any human being in need is worthy of our help. Not to say that we should do what we cannot do, but what we can do, what we have been enabled to do, to God's glory. This is a little girl. Her name is Faith. She's from Kenya. She's six years old. She's one of five children, and um, we don't know where her dad is. So she's living with her mum. And I don't know, actually, I could find out, but I don't know at this moment which of the five children she is. And I just wondered to myself, she was the very first child who I picked up when I was praying and preparing for today. I thought, what was her mum thinking when she gave her that name? I don't want to, um, to imagine too, too much, but I'm, I've, I have been to the place nearby where this community is and know just how desperate the situation is in that community. And I imagine a mother of five children on her own trying to bring these kids up saying to God I name her Faith and I give her to you and I can't provide for her but I'm choosing to trust you for what you're going to do and um, I just believe that, that God gave that to me for this morning because um, names are important in the kingdom are they not it costs 83 pence a day to support a child with compassion and to provide everything that they need, education, spiritual development, physical care, social and emotional provision. We like to say in compassion that you may not be able to change the whole world, but you can change the whole world for one child. I want to ask you to do something with me as we close. Um, I hope that this will be all right. I've discussed it with Rachel. I want to ask you to pray with me um, for faith, 
for her mum and for the other children whose details we've brought with us this morning. So with your permission, can I ask you if you're willing just to hold a child's details whilst we pray together, would you just raise your hand? Rose is just going to quickly pass around and just, and oh, Rachel's going to help us and also Mike. Thank you so much. Um, you are not making a commitment to support these children, but these children do need sponsoring. And so if you feel that God is speaking to you and encouraging you to take a step of faith and to sponsor and support a child, all you need to do is complete the reverse as fully as possible and return it to Rose or I before the end of the service. I have one more. I have one more. <laughs> Thank you. This is faith. I always pray. I know that exactly who's supposed to, who's supposed to hold who. So we trust that, that God is absolutely um, in these moments. So you are not making a commitment to sponsor these children. Let us be clear about that. What we want to do is we want to pray for these children. But if you feel led to support a child, simply complete the reverse as fully as you can. But the important thing is that these children's details will come back to Rose and myself. Please, at the end of the service, we'll just be here, sponsored or unsponsored, one way or the other, because these children need sponsors, and and we are praying and believing that God is going to provide for them. Let's bow our heads, shall we, as we pray. Father God, we give you glory and thanks and praise for all that you are to us, Lord, for the way that you've mothered us, for the way that you've fathered us, Lord, for the way that you've met us at the point of our need. And Lord God, for those who are in this congregation, Father, who are hurting today, Father God, we just pray that you would minister your love and your goodness and your overcoming power in their lives. And Father, we pray for these children who are in need whose mothers, in particular their mothers, Lord, um, are, are in difficult circumstances, Lord, um, but who have the support of their local church and compassion, and we give you thanks for that. Lord, we pray that you would enable, that you would provide, Father God, we know you know exactly who is supposed to sponsor and support each child. Father, we just pray Lord, that you would have your way in these children's lives, that you would have your way in these families' lives. God, that you would accomplish that which you purpose. Father, we thank you that your word will not return to you void, but it will accomplish, Lord, that which you purpose for it. Father, we speak life over these children. We say, Lord, that um, they will become responsible, fulfilled Christian adults, Lord, that you would make a way for them. We bless you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for your goodness unto us. And we just ask you to enable us to do not what we cannot do, but what we can do. And perhaps it's not compassion, Father, but just continue to lay upon our hearts what you have done for us and what we can do in response as our loving service for you. We give you glory. We praise you and we thank you. In Jesus' precious name, amen.